0: Hello, I'm Mark. Hi, I'm Brian. And welcome to the Therapy Shed podcast. Hello. Hello, Brian. Episode five.
1: Episode five.
0: Yeah, how's um how's your week been?
1: <coughs> I'm just having a drink of water there. Uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been okay, thanks. I've uh, what have I been doing this week? I've met, I feel like I'm in that mindset at the moment quite often, where when someone says how are you doing, you just go, yeah, I'm okay, and they say, what have you been doing? And you say, I don't really know. I've just <laughs> been one. The days are just falling one into the other. Um, yeah. I'm doing okay, I've been um, obviously working with clients and just kind of work and doing a bit of exercise into the summertime now, so I feel like it's been quite humid. I, I do enjoy the sunshine, I'm a sunshine person, but I think the weather's going up and down like Tower Bridge at the moment, you know, from one extreme to the other. Um, but
0: yeah, I'm doing all right. you're
1: sorry you asked now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm doing okay. I'm looking forward to uh recording another
0: episode of uh
1: of the therapy shed the mm-hmm. podcast
0: yeah how I'm are you I, yeah i'm good um similar to yourself really and I think a lot of people are similar i think obviously we're still in this situation with with lockdown um but everybody sort of i feel like everybody's sort of similar to yourself where people are saying yeah I'm okay, but then not really aware of how they're actually feeling because we're, we're stuck in this sort of uncertainty at the moment, I think. Absolutely. I think that's
1: very, very prominent at the moment, isn't it, Brian? Um, and I feel, I've sounds like I've had similar experiences to you with speaking to a lot of people, um, personally, of course, clients as well, professionally, people in work, people in different areas of my life, and I think there's definitely a, a sense of growing frustration shall we say fed up people just feel a little bit um understandably uh you know tired and uh, exhausted maybe with the, you know the pandemic i guess and the restrictions and the you know the the uncertainty the ang- the inevitable anxiety that comes with it um and i think it probably feels like it's been going on so long now that it, it's, you know, I think we're all dreaming of the end and yet I think you said to me recently it feels like the goalposts keep getting shifted and I think that's definitely a, a common, um, common understanding at the moment with a lot of people I'm talking to.
0: Yeah definitely a lot of clients I've seen recently and not, and not just clients friends just you know people I've spoke to um, there just seems to be a lot of frustration around um, you know ju- just everything isn't it It's sort of not being able to go on holiday um, not being able to go to weddings not being able to just um, feel relaxed if they're going out that's uh, it i
1: think relaxed when you just do living in your everyday life socializing with people what you can do what people are comfortable with is a huge part of uh, you know hopefully hopefully coming towards the end of, of of the pandemic as as we've as we've known it for the last you know over a year now um hopefully coming towards the end of that, but also obviously into a... I'm hesitant to say like a (laughs) post-pandemic society, but but I think, you know what I mean, don't you? What's the the next stage, hopefully, once we start coming out of uh, a pandemic? Um, What people are comfortable with, you know, and how it's affected different people in different ways. Um, And, of course, what the actual rules are as well. Legally speaking, shall we say, what's the official lying on what we can do and what we can't do all that i think is weighing on the shoulders at the moment
0: definitely 100% And this is why you know we thought it would be a good good idea to do an episode on on anger um, because there seems to be a lot of frustration and, uh, and anger around at the moment but just before we get into that i just wanted to say touching on just sort of how how's our week been um, one really good thing that you know has made me you know feel really positive and really good is the amount of feedback we've had from the podcasts, definitely,
1: and yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to say that as well. It's been so uplifting for 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 us. Um, I completely agree for myself as well. It's been so lovely to hear um, the sincere feedback. You know, it doesn't necessarily always have to be kind and and um, you know complimentary as such. It's just really sincere. It's nice to hear what different people are getting out of uh, out of listening uh, listening to the early episodes. Um, suggestions as well, you know. Feedback is obviously helpful for us to to shape future episodes. Part of the reason why we've, you know, why we're we're, we're going to have a chat about anger today is uh, is is people giving us the their feedback and what they like to what they like us to explore.
0: Yeah, definitely. But, you know, feedback uh, we've wa- we've asked for positive and sort of negative. You know, just that sort of feedback of what we can do better, what we can do different, ideas of different episodes or what people would like us to talk about because I think when we first sort of said about uh, giving feedback it, it, the first thing that comes to my mind is when you ask your family it's a bit like going on X Factor <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and, and you, you know you're an absolute rubbish singer but your mum says oh no that's really good so then you go on X Factor in front of thousands of people and um, well, like, like, like that could be us. We so. don't know yet. <laughs> We've only had a few episodes
1: out. We might not be in the uh, the televised rounds yet, but yeah, definitely. Um,
0: yeah, I, sorry. I, I, so I was going to say, I mean, you know, the whole reason we set the podcast up or the idea of the podcast was we thought it would be a good idea for us to record some of the conversations that we have around sort of our ideas around therapy and, um, you, you know, the different sort of aspects of mental wellness and things like that and it's just a bonus if if people listen to us um, and hopefully take something from it whether that just be something for them to think about and reflect on or y- you know lead them to access and therapy themselves um, because mm-hmm. I think you know everybody should have a, a go with therapy just to um, yeah. help them learn a bit more about themselves or their experiences. I don't think there's any, any harm in that. So I think, you know, if, if people listen to us and they decide to go and seek health, um therapy, counselling, coaching, um, then, uh, you know, I think that, that that's a positive thing, definitely.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And as you say, and just hopefully, you know, we discussed this a little bit on um, one of the early epi- earlier episodes, didn't we, earlier podcasts. It was understanding ourselves a little bit better is... It's always a good thing, you know. Actually, and being it, being having maybe the confidence or feeling safe enough to do that, um, whether that whether you're doing that on your own personal self-reflections, and hopefully a podcast like this can help with that, uh, or of course therapy sessions can be a great, you know, a great environment for facilitating that. Um, Yeah, just learning about the mind, and of course your mind specifically as well, is it's always a good thing.
0: It's just getting that objective view, isn't it, of, of of somebody else that's not emotionally invested in you. I think, you know, we can always learn something about ourselves.
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. And just coming back before we before we um, come on to today's topic of of anger. Just coming back to what you said about um, the, the feedback we've had from the early episodes so far. Uh, if people do want to contact us, let us know. You know their their thoughts or. What they've what they've taken or what they like to uh, to hear <laughs> more of or less of in um, in future podcasts, future episodes, please do contact us. Definitely let us know. We will um, you know we will shape future episodes based on on the feedback. So you can contact us at the uh, on on the gram on Instagram uh, yeah. Therapy Shed Podcast on Instagram um, or of course uh, the Therapy Shed Podcast at Gmail dot com. Yeah, that'd be good, and even ideas
0: message. of of guests or people that you'd like us to try and go on. We know we've got quite a few lines up already, which I'm really looking forward to. But yeah. there might be people might have suggestions of things that we've not thought about or an, I- an idea.
1: Yeah, or topics that you know they they like to hear us explore or me and you just you know shoot the breeze about. Yeah. Definitely please get in touch, let us know. <laughs> so Anger. We're going to have a chat about anger today. Mm-hmm. We've, this episode is called Looking Back in Anger. Excuse me,
0: Looking Back at Anger. Looking Back at Anger. I think, that, I think to start and point with, most of the things that we talk about really emotion-wise, you know, we know we spoke about anxiety on the previous podcast and today we're talking about anger, is for me it's really important for people to understand that, again, anger is just a normal human emotion we all experience it it can be a healthy emotion it it, it can be an emotion that that keeps us safe ultimately so i think just as a sort of um well not what's the word i'm looking for um i can't think but certainly just for people to hold in in their minds that anger is not a bad thing necessarily the time where anger becomes bad is when it, it becomes unhealthy. When it starts having a negative impact on you or the people around you.
1: Definitely, I think that's a great point to start with, Brian. It's it's the secondary problems that can come from anger, which I think are, are uh, you know really important for us to acknowledge and, and obviously chat about today. There's a lot of shame, I think, what you mentioned there, first word that comes to my mind is, I think there's a lot of shame that's often attached with anger, particularly if we don't understand the emotion of anger and the role that it plays in in our personal, in our actual selves, shall we say. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shame that can be attached to it. And, of course, shame then directly leads to self-criticism and, you know, um, you know self-depletion sort of thing. So I think it's important for us to start with... Uh, sorry, for us to talk about anger. And as you say, it's a very human emotion. Everybody has experienced anger. Yeah, maybe to different levels, different, um, sever- different levels of severity, and, and you know, maybe it's more common for some people than others, but it is a human emotion, and it's important, first of all, to recognise that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think with, with, with anger, if, if it's used in the right way, then, then it's absolutely fine. I think, like you've just said there, it can often be a, a secondary emotion, it can be an emotion that people use because that's the only emotion that they've ever been taught Fr- from a young age. I think anger, when, when you're very young, sort of, you know, f- four, five, six, seven type of thing. Um, I think that's, th- I remember seeing some research and I think that that's when um, people are the most, anger's the most common Emotion at that age because it's frustration. You're trying to learn things you've right, you've not quite learned how to communicate. Um, obviously, because you you know you're still a child, so anger becomes a real um, way of trying to express yourself. And if that's not taught at that age, how no you know you don't always have to react angrily. Yeah. Then people can grow up thinking that anger is the way to express themselves, get things they want, um, be accepted. Be loved, even some, some, sometimes. Yeah,
1: may- and and as you, s- I think you mentioned there, right? Now, it's it can maybe be the most acceptable emotion as well, you know, to the the, the people close to them, whether it's friends or family or parents. Or, um, yeah, and it's and we'll come on to this uh, uh, later on in the episode, I'm sure. But it's a it's a primitive emotion, anger as well, isn't it? It's designed mm-hmm. to protect us and to keep us. It can it can feel like the safest emotion and um, and as you say it doesn't surprise me at all at that if there are, you know there's research that suggests it's the most um, it's the go-to emotion for for for, for, for you know young children um, but I guess as well it's that's why I think it's, it can be it hopefully be, we'll have a, I'm sure we'll have a good conversation today it can hopefully be helpful for us to chat about anger because it's not just how we experience anger as the as, you know as the individual, but also how we understand other p- how we understand anger, because it helps us not understand our own experience of it, but also when other people are angry, you know, if you know somebody who's angry all the time, if we can make sense of anger as an, as an emotion in and of itself, we can then hopefully have a better relationship with people who seem to be, you know, seem, seem to be angry quite often, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely. So uh, how would you say you would understand Anger is emotion, then, do you think?
1: Um, I think it's often an emotional hijacking. I remember hearing that term, that description once, and I think um, that's a great uh, starting point with anger, is that it is a real... Anger can be an impulse, often is an impulsive emotion, and I think you touched on there, Brian, It it can give us the sense of feeling safe, it's our survival emotion in many ways. You know, it's the go-to emotion when we feel like we're beat, we're under under threat, um, and where ang- if if, if we don't understand it or if we don't respond to it in a way that is constructive for us uh, for ourselves, I think that's when it becomes um, a very like as I say, it's an emotional hijacking. Then we see exactly what anger wants us to see and nothing else. Um, so, I would say it's that's the first thing for me with anger is to recognize that if it's not if we don't understand it and we are um maybe haven't reflected on it, you know what I mean if it's just we see it as he's here, you know we hear it quite often, and I'm sure you and I have said this as well maybe in in the past is uh yeah. i'm an a- oh well, I'm an angry person, that's just the way I am I'm angry yeah um and for me, I would say the real challenge there is that we've def- we're have we defining ourselves by a very specific emotion, you know, and a powerful, bloody mm-hmm. emotion at that
0: as well. We're making that emotion who who we are. It's the same with, um, I, I think we, again, probably mentioned it on, on the previous um, podcast around anxiety. If people say, I'm just an anxious person, it's, you know, you label that emotion to who you are, that y- becomes...
1: Yeah, you're defining your identity by Your or,
0: identity, yeah. yeah. And I think is ex- exactly the same, yeah, I think... Um, by labouring yourself an angry person, then that's your go-to emotion, that's your first emotion, no matter what the situation is. Mm. Um, And I think that's where it can become difficult a lot of the time for people where understanding um, anger in the sense of, is it anger keeping you safe? And is anger the actual emotion that you're feeling? Or is it something else? A good example of that I suppose is, uh, although actually before before I give you the example, I, th- I think it's uh, relevant for me to say that a lot of these examples that I've I given, given previous podcasts or case studies that I've done where the clients give me permission to use the examples um, of, of particular situations. Of course, yeah. Obviously I'm not going to break confidentiality, but um, just if, if people are wondering... Um, People have given me permission to use these examples when I've done case studies, when I've been studying and stuff, so I'm not breaking any confidentiality. It's okay just to,
1: um, for anyone who may not be aware, case studies are like part of training as a therapist, aren't they? Yeah. Um, and your client, as you say, your clients will have said, yeah, I'm giving you consent to, you anonymise their name, yeah. but you can write about my my story and my journey in therapy and
0: so on. Yeah, so they've given permission for me to use... Some of these examples but cool. the example was um i was working with somebody who was involved in a gang and they were about 13 14 when when they started in in this gang um, and they, they told me of a time they went to the the nan's funeral and mm. i would never been to a funeral before but they went and everybody that was there was sort of crying and upset uh, you know as you would be an, a normal human emotion so they were able to allow themselves to be upset and cry and which was perfectly normal, perfectly natural. And I think it was like 12 months later, uh, uh, somebody that they were involved in the, this gang with had been killed, and he went to the funeral. And he said he was going to the funeral, and in his mind he was he was going to go in and cry and everything, because that's how he thought funerals were, because of his previous experience. But when he got there, all the other people that were involved in this gang were all displaying... Um, anger and you know sort of wanting to go and avenge this person who'd been killed and and aggression so he to fit in to not be sort of feeling like the the weak person in that group um, became angry himself and and, and just joined in and then he, he gave me another example about um a time when there was a situation where he was really scared But because everybody else, and by the way, everybody else there was probably scared. I was just thinking, I'm sure that he wasn't the only
1: person experiencing sadness at the funeral or or fear in
0: what you're about to share. But it's the acceptable emotion, isn't it? It's the acceptable emotion. So he became angry rather than becoming scared because that felt like the safest emotion to display. It felt like he didn't want to look weak. He didn't want to be the other one out. And then eventually he got got away from the gang, which was really positive. But what he found was then uh, later on in life, as he got a bit older, he found it really difficult to express the right emotions in the right situation. So, other funerals he'd be to, he he found it difficult to become upset because, um, he, you know, of his experience. So he became angry instead, um, and he just found many situations throughout his life he would become really angry rather than expressing whatever that emotion was and obviously we'd done some work around it and he was able to identify that and eventually sort of learn to understand the emotion he was feeling that, that was relevant to the situation yeah, which, which, which is really good but I just thought I'd use that I- example there um, Brilliant,
1: brilliant yeah. Oh no, thank you, thank you for sharing that as well you've never shared that one with me before and I think that's a great example of how anger can often you know, become incredibly destructive and become a mask um for when we mentioned I think we mentioned earlier on in the episode anger can often be what we call a secondary emotion. So I always think of that as like a mask, okay, well what's actually going on. Um and as we we you know, as you've just that's a great demonstration, is it a demonstration, isn't it, of uh how anger is the mask for Sadness at the funeral, or for fear in a given situation, you know. But you mentioned earlier on as well about um, you know you, you said about that piece of research with children and anger being one of the most common, if not the most common emotion that children kind of perform and and, and express. And I think so much of that comes back to wh- well, I would say some of the key points are one, it's the acceptable emotion. It's the emotion that is we become most familiar with, and maybe our environment, re, you know, responds to. We, it's almost predictable how people are going to respond when we perform anger. And the other thing I'd say as well is with that, Brian. Um, and if, to me, the way I the way I heard what you ju- that example you just shared with us is um, it was also a habit. That was the done thing. That was and anger is a habit as well. I think that's a really important thing to to. You know, just to mention is that with anger, we don't, it's a little bit of a, if I can say, maybe a misconception, which I've certainly had when I was, you know, when I was younger. um, That anger is like, you know, don't bottle things up, express your emotions, get them out. Mm. And of course, we're not encouraging people to bottle up their emotions and don't talk to anybody. You know, as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, one of the key points of this podcast is quite the opposite, is to um you know engage with others and to access th- uh, therapy or talk mm-hmm. with people but with anger it's not about we're not saying bottle it up but when we act in a in a in a destructive anger in a you know the the go to or almost a misunderstanding of anger um it doesn't release the anger it doesn't get it out of our system it feeds it it trains it and it rehearses it and we will become angry you you may have you know if, if, you've, if you've ever spoken with somebody or maybe we've ever experienced ourselves feeling angry, it does become a habit we do it more often, we don't do it less often by allowing our, ourselves to perform anger in a destructive way we actually start doing it more frequently, we become angry and aggressive more frequently, do you know, do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely, I, I, and I think that there's a few reasons for that, isn't there? There's the the chemical aspects of it mm. Um, mm. that sort of um. I you, you
1: train your brain, don't you, neurologically, you train the, the neuropath sorry to interrupt to say, you, you train the the neural pathways of your brain to respond with that emotion. It familiarises that emotion and that's your go to anytime you're uncertain of something or unsure how to respond or how other what what's acceptable in a given group or a given environment. Your brain is used to anger. It 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 as I say, it rehearses it. And it will that will be your go-to response. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. And sometimes, again, especially when you're younger, if you get things by as a result of being angry, angry, then that can become very. Um, suppose you know wh- what you've just said there, but it becomes an association as well, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want something and you've had it through expressing anger before, then why why would you? Why wouldn't you? Um, mm-hmm. It's just obviously the, the the problem with it is. It's not helpful for you, and it's not helpful for people around you it it can actually be quite harmful and it can lead into um you know even more unhelpful behaviours and feelings and habits as well
1: definitely yeah of course and and I think when we reflect on ourselves or when we sit in our own in a in a in a voice if you like and or thinking patterns, self-reflection, we probably, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't usually get what we actually want when we act out of destructive anger. Mm. We might tell ourselves, as you say, it's like, well, I'll do this, and then that'll get me this thing or this reward or this, you know, you know, some people will do as I want them to do or they'll appease me and so on. Um, but on reflection, quite often, it's, Probably not what you want is you maybe you want attention from that person. You want that you want you to mean something to that person. Just for example, rather than them just giving you what you're demanding from them, you know, in in a a kind of state of anger. You know what I mean? Um, But I think it'd be good just before we get kind of you know continue with the how unhelpful acting out of anger in a in a destructive way can be. When is anger helpful? Because we're saying it's a normal emotion. It's a, it's a, it's an emotion we all experience. How can it be helpful?
0: I think what sometimes think? it can help identify problems um, or things that we're, we're sort of hunt, hunting for or looking for. I think it can help motivate us. It can create change. It can help us achieve goals and, and sort of move on. Um, it can help us stay safe it can help us defend ourselves mm-hmm. definitely um, and uh, you know certainly in sort of dangerous situations and um, it can give us a burst of of energy as, as as part of that as part of our you know fight and flight which you know we've we've spoke about before so i think i, I think they're the main things where anger can be um normal and even helpful to us and and, and again like we spoke about with other on other episodes around, you know, there's times when anxiety can be helpful to us and it's a normal human emotion and if it's used in the right context and in the right way, it's all about keeping us safe and, and anger's the same. If it can be used in the right way, in the right context, then it's perfectly healthy, it's perfectly normal and it's the right emotion to use at that particular time. So I think there are the times when, when anger can be useful and, and helpful but obviously there's times when Anger is a problem.
1: Oh yeah, and um, definitely I, I
0: I agree. It's very it can be very motivational
1: and it can help us to push towards goals, whether it's everyday goals or you know what we might see as more kind of life goals, if you like. Um, and it, it's that you know we were talking about the chemical um, balance, you know neurological um, chemistry. Just a moment ago, when anger can. You know, it's that release of adrenaline, it's the release of cortisol in, in, in mm-hmm. from the brain into the to your nervous system, and I think when that's used constructively, when we, you know, we're not purely acting on impulse, but we are using that energy, we are using that emotion in a way that works for us, and uh, uh, you know, and f- not just for ourselves, but of course, the goal or people around us, if you like, that's when it can be constructive. So I think the key point is how we use the emotion, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think a good example of that comes to mind, I don't, I don't know why it's just come to mind, but um, y- you often see it with um, football players, they make a mistake, and you see them get up, and you can see the anger, the frustration, because you know they've made a mistake, and you go and get the ball, and then next minute score a goal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it comes to mind, but Manny for Liverpool, there's, there's a, an example of it, I can't remember what game it was, but there's a game where he had the ball and he gave it away it was like a bit of a you know he made a bit of a a mistake and he got up and you could see he was angry but he used that anger to go back get the ball and go back and score a goal yeah Um, I can't think of the game but no I think
1: sport's a great example of that um I you know you, you mentioned football there I remember um hopefully some of our listeners know uh Thierry Henry famous Arsenal and French footballer and um he said uh, he deliberately used to if he was struggling for in a game or he couldn't get into his rhythm, he would deliberately start an argument with an opposing player because he wa- he would do that to get himself fired up and he said he knew what he was doing, and he'd try and control the the arguments you know he'd try and control the kind of tit for tat on the pitch, and that he knew that that would get his his anger fired up, and then he would use that energy to kind of spare his spare on his his game his performance." And again, yeah, sports I think is a great example of where anger can be, if it's used well, can be really motivational. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then, I suppose on, on the opposite side of that is um, what is unhelpful angry behaviour. Then, do you think
1: unhelpful angry behaviours? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the the area of anger that we most. We think of when we think of the emotion anger, though just the word anger and the the idea of like the uh, often used term the red mist. Um mm. That comes back again, doesn't it? To what we spoke about a moment ago, like anger is, uh, uh, you know, a secondary emotion. It's masking something, and red mist is a bit like that, isn't it? It's masking yeah. a feeling mm-hmm. that we've had, or some sort of whether it's injustice or whether it's pain or sadness. The red mist is. I think it's a great example of where anger becomes the go-to, kind of the secondary. That out-of-control feeling. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and I think with unhelpful anger behaviours, Well I think it'd be good to actually explore what, th- what do we mean when we say that. And I think with first thing that comes to mind for me is kind of aggression <laughs> and violence, outward aggression and
0: violence. So I think, th- I suppose, maybe a way to, to put that into a, a context is... the. There's sort of three ways, isn't there, that you can describe um, o- like anger, as in... Unhelpful if anger. I- if you put is, them yeah. as, like, subtitles, outward, outward aggression and violence is, is the first one, isn't it? Am I right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to talk about that. And we'd say, I guess, passive-aggressive would be another one. Like, non-violence, non-violence but nonetheless, non-violence. we're still expressing anger Yeah. in a shall we say, a destructive and
0: unhelpful way. But that would be, so I suppose, like, outward aggression and violence, such as shouting, swearing, slamming doors, and or throwing things at someone, you know, that, that type of physical violence, um, or even sort of verbal abuse and threatening towards others mm-hmm. could be classed as that. And then I suppose the non-violence or passive aggressi- aggression can be things like ignoring people or refusing to speak to them. Um, refusing to do tasks, uh, you know, you know that d- them type of things. Mm. And then the third one is inward aggression, isn't it? Which is more about sort of um, such as telling yourself that you hate yourself or denying yourself your your basic needs. And um, you know that 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 can become when it becomes really destructive to to a person. I mean, that can then lead to things like um, self harm for example. Well, depression and as well. And depression big
1: a one. Example. Depression, I think, is there's a strong relationship between internalised anger and depression. And, you know, just saying that, the first thought I had then was going back to what we, one of the first things we mentioned in this episode is anger is a normal emotion. Mm-hmm. It's a human thing to feel angry, to feel that, you know, the power of that. But if we feel shame, and we feel that we should be, you know, we're, we're, uh, if that is internalised as as something flawed about us, self-criticism, you know, if that comes with an awful lot of, of negative self-judgement, when we feel angry or when we experience anger, when that's internalised, that can become a powerful monster that can just eat away at us. And, of course, that's where depression really, you know, unfortunately can really spread its wings and, and be very destructive, yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think with, um, you know, again w- w- with anger, I think especially if we're anger- angry at other people, you know, other people have maybe done things to upset us or hate us or make us not not feel good about ourselves, and we can become really angry about that. What one quote that I love, and I've I've not used the quote so far, which is I think a record for definitely the a progress. record that, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get this one in, um, but I, I love the 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 saying around sort of you know holding on to anger is like holding a, a hot coal and expecting the other person to throwing it at somebody. Yeah. The only person you're really hurting is yourself. You know, mm-hmm. if you hold on to a hot coal it's you that you're burning, it's you yeah. that you're hurting rather than uh, anybody else. And I think I always think about that when I think about anger or if I feel anger myself and I'm thinking about well, why am I angry? That that saying always pops into my mind and it just helps me.
1: Definitely. I think that's a great analogy for anger as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks for sharing that. Because, uh, oh no, I, l- I love
1: your quotes. I've told you this before.
0: Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a book, a, a book on them, I think.
1: Definitely. The Therapy Shed. Book of quotes. That'll do. It's a very creative title we've just come up with there. But I think that's a great analogy for anger. Yeah, yeah. Holding on to a, um, you know, pipe and hot uh, coal, piece of coal, and thinking it's going to hurt the other person, or it's yeah. going to solve your problem in some way, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, that again is comes back to not understanding anger, not allowing ourselves to process it, not allowing ourselves to experience it without, under you know, without, um, without shame, without self criticism, you know, without feeling like I need to act in an angry way. And often that I think that is often like a um, uh, maybe a substitute word, shall we say, for in a destructive way, right now in this second. And I think I mentioned this earlier on in the episode. It's it's very trance state mm. anger. We we see and feel and give attention to a very very limited amount of information in front of us. You know, and it is only what we what we want to be angry about. And again, it comes back to anger feeds itself. You know, it does become a habit, um, and. It's that trans state can is, is We're very selective, incredibly selective about what we are going to give attention and meaning to, and it's usually purely the thing that we want to attack or we want to be aggressive towards, and that can, of course, as we said, going back to unhelpful anger behaviours, that can be ourselves as well, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's why I think reflecting is really good, isn't it? You, you know, I think reflecting on why. Did we feel angry? What what was it that made us angry? Because a lot of the time, the thing that we have that maybe outburst for or become really angry at, often that's not even the reason why we become angry in the first place. It's a bit like, you know, there's a few different examples, but it's a little bit like that um, that pressure cooker, isn't it? Around things are happening in our lives that are causing us to feel stressed, causing us to feel angry, causing us to feel frustrated. And then something really... You know trivial happens and we explode at this sort of fit of anger yeah. um and often when you look back that that thing didn't it didn't really make us angry it was just a trigger for that anger to to come out Where yeah. actually what's made us angry is the fact that I don't know our, our boss has been on our back around about deadlines or y- you know um we, we've just you know we're, we're stressed over you know, money worries or um, you, you know, we've not been getting on with family or friends, or so, you know, yeah, something ex- like that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And we feel like I think what we might say in therapy is kind of a um, a, a well-used turn of phrase is what what need of yours isn't being met. Um, you know, what is it that we feel is cr- is key to ourselves? One of our one of our values or our kind of our primary needs. Is not being met at the moment, you know, and we're maybe we're feeling like, well, I don't know how to do that, or I haven't got the time to do that at the moment. And unfortunately, anger fills up that space in us, you know, that need. And again, as you say, we we express that and we direct that and we maybe unleash that on something that really isn't the root of it of, mm-hmm. of our, our our needs or our emotions at all.
0: And often that just becomes really un unhelpful. I, another good anal- analogy around sort anger and it being un- unhealthy is um have you have you heard the analogy about the the two people at a bus stop and they're going they're going to a job interview? No. So, go on. so there's two people at a bus stop and they're go, they're going to a job interview um, and the bus is late. So the first the first person sort of starts pacing up and down and going, oh, I can't believe the bus is late and you know I'm gonna be late for my interview and um, you know, why is the bus late, it's, you know, I've been here for 15 minutes already and mm. pacing up and down, getting themselves really wound up, becoming really angry and the other person goes, oh, the bus is late, and um, there's nothing I can do and sits down on, the, on the, the chair and just sits there and thinks about how he's going to qu- answer the questions, gives himself a bit more prep time to right. answer the questions for the interview and then the bus comes, they both get on the bus the, the first man on the bus is, the bus down, why are you late, I've been waiting here Blah blah blah. You know, really angry, really frustrated. And the bus goes, and the traffic's busy as well. So the 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 first person again, he's getting really more and more wound up. And the other person's just sitting there, going through the, his, his answers, what he's going to say, um, just keeping himself calm, relaxed. They both turn up at the interview. They both got there at the exact same time. They are both in the exact same situation. The only difference is the first person turns up really, really angry. Not. Being able to concentrate and focus because he's too full with anger and frustration, and the second person's quite calm and relaxed and has had time to think about how he's going to answer the questions. Um, does that make sense?
1: Absolutely, yeah. I think that, and thanks again for for sharing that. No, you haven't mentioned that one to me before. I will. I can will have that one. Keep that in my notebook. <laughs> I will. I'm stealing all these. I'm telling you. But I think that's a great example of again of um, that's a great almost a great metaphor if you like. Uh, of the what we what we might think of as the emotional and the rational brain so there's this area we have what's what's called dual processing systems in our mind and the emotional brain um as we are as it's often described is where our kind of uh, like survival mechanisms come from people may have heard the fight or flight response so that's rooted in the emotional brain uh, anger is rooted in the emotional part of the brain and it's the part of the brain that we couldn't possibly live without it. It keeps us safe, it keeps us mm-hmm. alive, it's responsible for detecting threats, for, you know, perceiving our as I say our, our safety and our survival. Very instinctive. It's very instinctive. Yeah, it's very um impulsive in many ways, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can all be for reasons that we've we've mentioned in this episode, um brilliant, really useful for us. Mm. But I think we've mentioned in in previous podcasts as well. The rational brain. The th- the other thing I would just say before we get onto the rational brain about the emotional brain is, it's the most powerful area of the brain, it's the strongest area of the brain, it's the quickest area of the brain, and as as we're saying, anger is rooted in this area of the brain. This is where it's it's kind of it's kept, shall we say, um, and it is this area of the brain is very is is m- far more powerful than the rational brain. It's far quicker. Far more older as well, isn't it? It's older. Yeah, yeah, um, and. The well it's the most primitive area of the brain, isn't yeah, it? That's yeah. What I mean, so it's exactly, like the yeah. most it's 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 like oh there's an um uh he's a sports psychologist, um, but I think he's a psychologist of all sorts now. He's kind of so well qualified. A guy called Steve Peters. Oh yeah. He's got book have you heard of him, yeah. And he's got you know, books and audio books and stuff. I definitely recommend people checking him out. We're not getting sponsored by Steve Peters, by the way. He's just <laughs> he's just coming to me. Uh and he calls this area of the brain your chimp says that's the chimp, that's the most primary, uh, excuse me, the most primitive area of the human brain. So, yeah, so the emotional area of the brain, and it is much quicker, and anger, again, is much quicker than the speed of thought. Now, when we think of thought, it's the rational area of the brain. So this area of the brain is more responsible for, like, creativity, language, emotional regulation, uh, allowing multiple perspectives, you know, trying to see if there's more detail, more information that we can we can take in before we before we respond or before we make sense so it's the thinking area of the brain really in many in, ways. the
0: intelligent part of the basically, brain basically
1: yeah exactly and i think that's going back to your um the, the 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 bus stop example you've just shared there brian that's all i could think of is that is a great kind of almost two people who are ones representing the emotional area of the brain where they're just feeding the anger and they're just allowing the emotional mm. the chimp if you like to just run riot and the other person is like, of course I'm frustrated. Of course I'd rather the bus was on time. But what can I do about it? Well, not very much right now. And the, f- the overall point of today, if you like, or the overall goal of this is for me to try and, you know, do a good, you know, perform well in this job interview. So the thinking area of the brain is very much in charge. That's the area of the brain that's been allowed to turn the volume up there in, for the emotion, For the, excuse me, for the thinking brain. Uh, the rational mind in his uh, in his overall in his overall brain and I think that's a great example of the difference in outcome when we don't allow I mean this is you know we could I would say probably the most common uh, technique shall we say for anger management that I'm sure everybody has heard of is count to ten just count count to ten Mm -hmm. and you know let your anger kind of reduce and that's great, and I think that's it, really. But I think it might be an interesting thing for you and I to to just have a chat now for a minute about well, what what is the point of that? Why do we get told to count to ten? What's going on for us in our in our brain when we're counting to well, I,
0: I, I ten? You You're saying about the the example I gave the two the two people the um, you know the two men what one was using the primitive brain one was using the intelligent brain, and I think the idea of counting to 10 is to help switch from the primitive brain to the intelligent mm. brain. It just gives yourself a second to just stop and, and to think um, which hopefully then allows you to then just get them two parts of the brain talking to each other a little bit yeah. because yeah. often that, that's what that's the gap that's missing. And the intelligent part of the brain on its own sometimes I- is not helpful. Um, the primitive side of the brain on its own is not Always helpful, either. Most of the time, it's about the two of them communicating with each other.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah.
0: I think to ten a very basic strategy in that situation. of for that. And just while it's on my mind, if anybody is listening, um, that, that book that we spoke about, it's the Chim's the Paradox, isn't it? That's it steve peters that's yeah. that's his main book, I think yeah, isn't the
1: it the chimp paradox yeah it's a great
0: um, what we're talking about but obviously in a lot more detail
1: yeah definitely um and I think with that it, the point you make there about trying to get the as we're saying like the the chimp brain, the emotional brain and the the rational, intelligent brain to to, to try and work together, <laughs> to, to to become friends, to work as a team. That's a great point about that, that. Kind of directly relates to not denying your anger, not shaming yourself if you feel angry, not giving yourself a hard time, or or um, refusing to recognise your anger, because that's when you're. If if you like to apply that to the th- 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 those two to To two brains, if you like, in our overall mind, um, that's almost like the the, the the thinking, intelligent brain trying to trying to fight or trying to suppress the emotional brain. It doesn't work. The emotional brain is too powerful. It's too intelligent. It's, uh, excuse me. It's too powerful, and it's much quicker than the rational brain. So, of course, it's again to relate that to anger. It's recognize your anger. Try and just sit with it for a minute, and. The key point is then how we respond to it, not denying it and not giving ourselves a really hard time, or you know, um, devaluing ourselves because we feel angry or because we experience anger. It's to then try and th- the key point is how how we then respond to it. That's the vital point, I think. We're
0: and and I think the key. Th- I think the key to that is it's about that self compassion, isn't it? It's about being kind to yourself. It's about giving yourself that reassurance. So, you know, when you feel angry, it's about. Saying it's okay to be angry mm-hmm. and not, because what often happens is people get angry about being angry, um, and then beat themselves up. And you know, like we have said about that, and it, it feeds it, doesn't it? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but no, yeah, it just okay. comes back to that point
1: of you just feeds the anger, it rehearses anger, so you will become more angry yeah. if you're angry about being angry.
0: But if Ironically you can, enough. if you can, be more passionate towards yourself about it and almost have that, give the anger that reassurance of like, you know, look, you know, we're safe, we're okay. I don't need to be angry right now, for example. Um, you know, so again, just using the example of the, the two the two people at the bus stop, um, the second person, you know, that anger would have been there, that frustration of the bus not coming would have been there. Mm. But he was maybe able to use the front part of his brain, the intelligent part of his brain to say, Look, you know, we know I'm frustrated, I know you're angry, but makes y- sense that y-
1: we're angry right now.
0: You know, yeah, but oh. but we're also we're safe, so you know, we don't need th- th- to be angry right now because I'm okay, I'm safe. What I do need to do is challenge um, this sort of emotion into thinking about what I'm going to do in this job interview. For you know, for example,
1: that's it. And you can use that energy. You know, I think certainly if you if you um, if you practice your responses to your response to anger and how to um, make it work for you, you can then rehearse. The mind is incredibly plastic, but it does like routine as well. So it's about challenging maybe those you know our, our behavioural and, and um thinking routines, habits and then once we try once we tweak them into a way that works better for us, you might surprise yourself how quickly you can actually start responding to anger in this example, far more kind of constructively for yourself. It's far more become, it can become a useful motivation, as in that example where those two guys are gone for a job interview. Mm. The guy who actually Managed and processed his anger in a in a more constructive way. It was likely that he actually had far more to offer in the interview. You know, he was he was more on he was sharper. He was more kind of engaging in in a in a constructive way than the guy who it sounds like was still full of rage
0: when he was sitting yeah. in the interview. Do you know what I mean? Well, like we said before, you know the example of like that red mist and things like that, where that that's how he would have been going into the interview with the other person. Would have been going into just a lot more calm and relaxed. Mm. Um, I think you know, obviously, w- 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 in this episode we've we've scratched the surface, shall we say, on on anger to give a bit of an overview. I think you know, I know one of um, the episodes we've got lines up is to have a guest come on who um, specialises in in anger. You know, they they make it they they work specifically with 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 anger more closely with, yeah. with anger. Don't yeah, definitely. Um, and we can get a bit more because there's lots of uh, sort of facets to it isn't there as in you know a lot of people there's, there's the the whole mask situation of people use anger as a mask and it's about learning to take that mask off and um, understand understand yourself and understand all the emotions rather than just using anger um, which again y- you know that in itself is an hour's podcast isn't it no. definitely yeah
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah. it'd be great obviously to have that that conversation with someone who's a little bit more specialized than yourself and i mm-hmm. so that will um and again if anybody's got any any questions or suggestions that they'd like us to offer you know they'd like us to explore when we do when we when we have a, a an episode on anger with their, with a guest then please do do drop us a line on on instagram um therapy shed podcast uh or of course, at uh, drop us an email, therapyshedpodcast at gmail dot com.
0: I just wondered if if we've got time to just maybe go over a few um, like strategies or coping mechanisms to We have for you, Brian. On. I've
1: got all the time in the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that'd be a great idea. Just some suggestions and maybe. Um, you, did you say some techniques, maybe? Yeah. we could um we could share we
0: could mention yeah. yeah what would you like to start with um i think one that i like to use quite a lot <laughs> um because it's it's very common is i, I really like using reframing a lot um
1: ah, cognitive reframing
0: cognitive reframing yeah. and, a, and a really good example that a lot of people can relate to is is with driving so like road rage shall we say mm. um where you're driving down and you might be having a nice relaxing drive or you, you maybe you're in a rush to get somewhere, you might be trying to get to work yourself and you know, time's against you a little bit and then somebody in another car does something, cuts you up. What we tend to do is we tend to take it very personally. They've done that to me. Mm. They've done that because it was me and, and we attach it to ourselves as in we, we take it personally. So then what happens is we, we feel um, that's where the anger can come up then and that's where the roads rage and... Know, we start screaming and shouting and swearing at the person and you know beeping the or oh you know all that type of things sometimes it can get a lot more serious than that you know people have died haven't they as a result of yeah, yeah. of road rage which you know i think that's a crazy example it's crazy but um you know if we do, if we think like general road rage where you just get really angry and you're, you're swearing and beeping your own oh you know all those types of things sometimes the person who's done you know the cutting off is not even aware that, that you're raging as much as you are Mm -hmm. and they might just turn off the next turn and you carry on and all that happens is you're just left with that frustration and anger so wherever you get to you end up going in there and feeling angry if you were calm and relaxed before that happened all of a sudden you've you know angry really frustrated or if you're going into work you're going into work angry before you even Mm -hmm. started your day so with with cognitive reframing it's about changing that emotion it's about Changing the the story you're telling yourself in your head of, can't believe that person just cut me off, you know, what are they doing, type of thing. So, a good way to do it is depending on what your go to emotion. So, for example, if you're, if you, if you sort of find things quite funny, if you're able to, you you know, make things, you know, make jokes of things, make things quite, quite funny, or if you're able to be, uh, you know, if you're really an empathic person. So, it's about changing that story in your own mind so if that person cuts you up reframing it would be um for example it could be oh, i bet i bet and um, they have got a bit of a not stomach and they've got diarrhea and if they don't make it home they're gonna have a bit of an accident and you might find that quite funny so yeah. you know the emotion that you're left with is is laughter so so you sort of laugh to yourself and you, you know which is obviously better than being angry um if you're more empath- empathic it must be or uh, it could be um oh they must be on the way to see a, a sick relative, or delay yeah, yeah. for a job interview, or y- you know something like that. So then you just feel sorry for them, then rather than they've cut me up because y- you know they're, they're, they're a boy racer, and you, you know then you become the act, the emotion that you're left with is anger. So it's all about one emotion that you're going to leave yourself with. So I, with cognitive reframing, I, I think that's a, a really good one to use, and that for, for me road rage is a, a good one to to practice it on certainly.
1: Definitely, yeah, and I completely agree, yeah, cognitive reframing, and that's something if you, uh, if you know, if you were accessed therapy, you could work on that with your therapist as well, and really, again, coming back to developing um, maybe more constructive thinking habits for yourself, um, that's something that cognitive reframing would be a good one for you to, to work on in the therapy room.
0: And obviously it's a little bit more in-depth than that example I've gave, but that's just as an example, um... That's just as an example of, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think um, there's a lot of assumptions that we make to use that. You know, just to go back to that example for a second, there's a lot of assumptions we make. In I- immediately, as you say, we personalise it. That person's cutting me up. Um, they they did it intentionally. They did it as a as a kind of uh, almost like a contest or some sort of um, confrontational way. We. We make a lot of assumptions initially because I think sometimes with cognitive reframing, um, as the as the you know the person who's trying to 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 go through that process, shall we say, as the client, if it was in therapy, sometimes it can be a oh, well that just sounds like you're just going to lie to yourself. It's like well you're not lying to yourself. What you're doing is looking at what are the assumptions you've made in order to yeah. get very quickly to anger. That person's just done this to me. I now need to you know, shout and and swear and gesture to them and whatnot. Or as you say, maybe violence and aggression can be a go-to. There's a lot of assumptions that you've made in order to get to that stage, even though it's happened in milliseconds. Mm -hmm. So actually cognitive reframing is just checking in with your assumptions and going, well, what if that was the thing? And it's so interesting when you do just actually explore that for a little bit, how your thinking can change, your emotions can change, and of course the way you respond to it and then
0: change as well. And also something that we've touched on in, in that situation as in, you know, being in a car and road rage, the the emo- the first emotion might not be anger, it might be fear. You know, if someone's done something that's quite dangerous and, you know, you felt fear because potentially it could cause an accident or, mm. you, you know, you've had to um, instinctively, you might have had to slam on or you might have had to, uh, you know, do something to, to keep yourself safe. So your initial feeling is not anger, it, it could be fear.
1: Yeah, or a sign of um, almost like a belief that that means I'm weak, that person's cut me up they've done it mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. therefore I'm weak, you know, it's, when we do that reflection it can be interesting, the, the assumptions that we make, yeah. uh, you know rooted in our emotions and also about ourselves, that person's done that to me out of everyone in this traffic jam they saw me as the weak planet. It's like probably not the case but yeah. these are all the very kind of super fast assumptions and and um the way we can internalize things mm-hmm. very very quickly and as you say anger becomes the 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 go to the safe emotion mm-hmm. yeah. that we that we uh, we we respond with so yeah i think cognitive reframing is a great example of um something that people could try you know just kind of looking at maybe if we told ourselves a slightly different story about how and why something just happened mm-hmm. does that help it's us great. to to respond more constructively to anger, I suppose a very common one as well in terms of techniques would be uh, exercise. Yeah. Um, now, of course, it's, you know exercise means different things to each of us, but with that we mentioned earlier on about the build-up of adrenaline, a build-up of of different uh, chemicals in the brain being released into the system, exercise can be a great way of yeah. to use a well-worn phrase, blowing off some steam, mm. of just yeah. allowing that energy to be used constructively. You know, it's good for us and it's constructive for the for our relationships as well, you know, or it's not destructive for our relationships which yep. uh, anger can often yep. be if it's if it's not used.
0: And, a, and also um a b a big one with with the exercises it's a really good way of releasing stress mm. and obviously stress can often be the build up to to anger. Of course. So yeah. by, you know, exercising and you're able to release a lot of the the stress which again, you know, sort of chemical wise, we're talking about cortisone and um yeah, re- exactly. Like and release that, so. getting
1: those endorphins released yeah. from the from yeah. the brain into the system is is crucial as well. So yeah, exercise is definitely definitely something, and it means different things to different people, you know. Mm-hmm. So if exercise for you is going mm-hmm. for a walk around the block, mm-hmm. um, or of course cycling, or if it's something a bit more intense, yeah,
0: in the gym, the gym, or, or, or long or distance, yeah.
1: or you know, whatever it may be that your your thing. Mm-hmm. We definitely, you know, th- 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 there's. Of course, that's a good way of releasing that that tension and the frustration that can yeah. that can be attached to anger. Just one more I'd like to share before we come towards the end of the episode is uh, maybe looking and we've kind of explored this I think in in our conversation today is uh, but looking at what's the root of your anger? Mm-hmm. You mentioned this earlier on, didn't you, Brian? But that sense of are you angry with that thing or that particular person? Or was that the, as you keep as you you've mentioned a few times, you know the the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back is that, and is that or is that the easy thing to express your anger on? Looking or at the t- safest? Or the safest, of course, yeah, yeah. Um, that's probably more relevant. Actually, other is that the safest thing for you to unleash your anger on. Um, so exploring the route and again, we we you know it's been a key theme I, I feel in this in this conversation today is. Anger is often a secondary emotion. It's, it is very often a mask. It is that red mist. If we feel some of the examples you shared, you know, sadness or fear, anger is a very um, it is it is a a go to default kind of emotion that can mask those those uh, vulnerabilities. If you like those um, those other emotions of fear and sadness and so on. So, what is the root of your anger? I think can be a good one to use as a, just a reflection in y- in yourself. Um, and again, it's important to try and do that when you're feeling in a little bit more of a safe and re- hopefully relaxed environment mm-hmm. as well. Because the brain is... We talk about the, the the rational and the emotional brain. The rational brain is more likely to be active when you actually are in a more relaxed and safe place. Mm-hmm. But that can be a good wo- a good time to check in with, mm-hmm. what am I actually angry about? Because I feel like I'm getting angry quite often lately yeah. with with things that didn't mean much to me maybe until... They happened, or, or you know. Mm-hmm. So actually, checking in with what the root of our anger is can be can be a good technique as well.
0: Definitely, and uh, and again, as as a as a, a strategy is what you're saying there is around. It's about talking to people, isn't it? You, you know, and if talking to family, friends, as we spoke about, can be can be really helpful. But sometimes, if if you feel like you need that extra bit, then that's when therapy starts um, coming into consideration, which which can be really helpful. Being able to sit in a in a room and not be judged of the fact that you you know you might get angry or you're feeling really angry t- and but not understanding it so certainly
1: yeah and giving you know therapy can be a great environment as well for allow- giving yourself permission to not judge yourself mm-hmm. to acknowledge and and um you know be more aware of your anger- accept your anger. Mm. And um, without judgment, I think therapy can be a great, uh, as we've said before, you know, a confidential space to be, to give yourself permission to do that.
0: And learn how to give yourself that compassion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, talking to people, as we always say, talking to <coughs> Well, I think we've, uh, we've done a, we've had a good conversation there all about all things looking back at anger. Yeah. Um as we said, we will have a future episode which goes a little bit more in depth, maybe offers more specific examples and explores, um, gets in a little bit more, uh, a little bit deeper into yeah. certain areas of, of anger um, with uh, with a guest which works more more closely with anger with with clients and so on. Um, but yeah, of course, as I keep saying, any feedback, please let us know um, and get in touch. But uh, what's our next episode?
0: Well, I think the next episode is our final episode of this series, isn't it? So I think we're going to do a, a bit of a, a look back and a reflection on um, how they've gone so far and how that can maybe relate to, to therapy as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, reflection and endings. I am as well, yeah. Reflection and endings.
0: Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I suppose the theme or the, the the title of the next episode will be around sort of endings.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I'm looking forward to that one myself. We'll and the
0: journey so far,
1: absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and we'll kind of reflect on. Obviously, uh, we touched on this at the beginning of the episode, but obviously, of course, our experience of doing these podcasts this is mm-hmm. new for new for us. Um, it's it's we we're learning all the time, of course, from, and the. Feedback and people's comments always helps with that, and helps us to shape, you know, shape our plans for fu- for future episodes and topics we're going to delve into as well. So um please do get in touch on uh, Therapy Shed Podcast on Instagram or the uh, on, of course, on email Therapy Podcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Um, and I look forward yeah. to catching up next time. Definitely, I think that's a, that's a wrap. <laughs> Of all oh my frustration and anger, <laughs> it was very relaxing.